What happens if one of these, or both of these, I should say, don't run well? You know, Taba isn't what he was in the Santee Derby, and Jack Christopher doesn't like this distance at all. You know, it just really shows that he, he does not want to go this far. Who is it? Is it is it Wada Barrio? Is it Cyberknife? Is he making his name in the in the middle of summer like some of these Brad Cox horses are? Who is it? I'm going to surprise you. I think there's a there's a better chance than you think that Cyberknife wins the race. Okay. This if Jack Christopher doesn't get the distance, okay, he's out. And again, I am totally. It's a 50-50 thing. I do think the other scenario of this is Taba's not that good. Now, I know that's going to blow you and John White's mind. <laughs> There's a chance he's not that good. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets, racingdudes.com, for all of your needs, racingdudes.com, for all of your leads, racingdudes.com, for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Walters, at Alterman, it is Thursday, July 21st, and this is Blinkers Off, what's up man, I'm back. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Had magic on the last couple of weeks, but you're back. And uh, I tell you what, it's a it's a big weekend to be back, right? The opening of Del Mar, week two of Saratoga. We got the great matchup between the Kentucky Oaks horses. And then, of course, the Haskell as well. So it's going to be an awesome week. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I just took a little vacation. And uh, I thought, you know, I saw that Blinkers Off was starting to go down the rails a little bit. So I thought, you know, it's time. It's time to be back. No, it. I loved it. Uh, I actually, it's, I kind of loved it to be honest with you. Like it's kind of, it was nice to, you know, cause I, I would still hop on and, uh, and edit after the fact. And I would listen to the show in, in full, just, you know, as you would. And, and, uh, you guys did a good job. I got to give, I got to give you credit. You, your hosting duties are, you're, you're relieved. I'm sure you're happy about that because yeah. you seem like you struggle a little bit with some of the, you know, the, the, the words that we needed to say, uh, between segments. It's true. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say the words. <laughs> you say, oh, he says something right here. Normally, I don't know. And then Magic would say something. And then, yeah. So. Right. Now, I, if if you were gone permanently from the show, Magic would do the hosting duties. I'm not a host. I don't. I don't like hosting. So, uh, but thankfully, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, you no. guys did good. You guys have a good. Uh, it's almost like you almost present yourselves like your friends, which I like. You know, it comes across very well on the on the magic in uh, your side. It definitely. I, I enjoy doing the show with Magic because we we talk quite often about things that aren't horse racing, and really we probably talk more about non horse racing stuff than horse racing. So when we get on a show, it's like, oh, cool, we can talk about horse racing too. So uh, yeah, no, it was good to have him on, and uh, I I think we did okay, not great, but okay. But it's it's always good to be back to normal. So what I miss, I mean, uh, we're back at Saratoga, um, which to be clear, I've been it's not like I've been mm-hmm. uh, just taking a break. I've been watching. But uh, yeah, so Saratoga's back. What else did I miss in the lots in the Belmont? Uh, was I there for the Belmont Derby and Oaks? Was it you guys? I don't think you were there for that. So that happened. And then, yeah, Saratoga happened. And now we have, the like I said, now Del Mar's back. We got Saratoga. We got the Haskell. So I don't know. You didn't miss too much. You missed uh, you missed a world record or world record, a track record in the Diana the opening weekend. That was cool. Um, yeah, classic Causeway. He won the Belmont Derby. That was an easy one to get to. So <laughs> I'm sure you would pick that one. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was just been a hell of a like two weeks ago. Uh, I had the boys and they were sick. Uh, I can't even remember which one. I think it was Cooper. Maybe it's Co. I don't know. We've all been sick. And then. 
the next weekend, next week, I had I had COVID, so I couldn't be on. Um, and finally, I'm COVID free, and this whole house has been has <laughs> been uh, Lysol completely up and down, and we're good to go. I feel good, dude. I this was three times now, third time that I've had it, and this one. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've heard other people experience it. I'm like my, my knees started hurting like towards the end. Hadn't heard that one. No, yeah, the, the joint, your joints and stuff. I've heard like uh. inflammation in your joints. And I, like, seriously, like <laughs> that was the weirdest thing. I feel good now, but I started to think like, Oh shit. Like, is this a permanent uh, side effect? But thankfully you know, I couldn't decide if it was just because I'm old or if it was COVID, but I think it was COVID. It's we're to the point of no return with this. I don't even think it should be like announced that we have COVID anymore. Like everybody is getting it. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know anybody that has it. I'm sure there are a few that haven't and that you guys have been very lucky not to get it or you just didn't show any symptoms and you had it. But uh yeah, I mean, yeah. it's pretty incredible. Like, I, we got up here, and it's like, I can't see this person, this person, and this person until Monday. I'm like, why? It's like, oh, they all have COVID. Jeez. So, you know, it's just like, and now somebody else has it. I can't see them for a week. You know, it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about this. It's just something we're going to have to deal with. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, three times, Jared. That's, that's, I think that's the world record. Neat. Shoddy's had oh. it three times and confirmed the joint pain. I know. There it's you crazy. go. I didn't have it. I did the the latest. Now maybe I don't. I haven't had the newest one. Yeah, because the first two I didn't have that uh, at no. all. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was noticeable. You know, it was just like you couldn't get like it was mostly when you were walking, but you'd feel it when you were just like huh. laying down and stuff. It was super weird. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. I was like, I literally, have, you know, you're out of breath and you, you know, so I'm like literally doing nothing. I'm like, how do my knees hurt? <laughs> like I've done nothing. Um, but anyways, I'm back. I I'm refreshed. The boys are on vacation, so I've been I've been resting. I feel ready. Uh, and this weekend we have it's it's I this this Haskell man to have the Taba versus uh, Jack Christopher matchup, and you've got now Baffert back in the Taba corner. Which as a whole mix, obviously he's dominated the Haskell. He he points to the Haskell like he points to the Derby with his horses, and so it just adds this complete uh, kind of second ingredient to an already good race. And you, now you have Taba, who was he shit shit the bed in our good friend Dan's uh, phrase in the Derby, and and Jack Christopher. We don't know what he can do going this long, so it just adds it. it it's really a coin flip. I feel like you just kind of take a, sh- take a shot with one of these two. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a very intriguing race because of the, uh, because of a lot of factors that I'm sure we're going to get into over and over on the show. Uh, yeah. It's, this is going to be a fun weekend. It, it, there's some decisions to be made that aren't easy. Picking between those two horses, not easy. Picking between nest and secret oath, mm-hmm. not an easy task. Uh, and by the way, they're kind of surrounded by races where, kind of going to have to be right about one of those horses and then kind of spread yeah. another legs. Cause it's not easy sequences that they're in. So it's a challenge this weekend, but it's pretty damn fun that these horses hit the track again after kind of that triple crown slash Kentucky Oaks, you know, uh, you know, acorn, you know, uh, Philly uh, sequence. So it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be challenging to get them right. Um, there's a lot of question marks I'll go ahead and admit once we get into the races, I don't have the answers to a lot of the questions you're going to ask about this race. It, it's, you're <laughs> guessing. You really are guessing when it comes to these uh, these two horses in the Haskell for sure. Well, we're going to talk about the Haskell and uh, CCA Oaks in depth here. And and, and, to, and the, it's a perfect combo of two races to talk about because they're both similar in a, in a sense that you're like, oh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Nest is better. I'm pretty sure... Taba, or you know, I'm pretty sure Jack can get the distance. I'm pretty sure, you know, but that's it. Like, you know, there's no, there's no for sure idea here because both ways you go, you just exact, you could be exactly wrong in the exact same way. You know what I mean? Like, 
Mm-hmm. Taba could just romp and Jack Christopher doesn't like the distance. That could easily happen. Easily. And yep. and the and and the other one, Ness could, you know, maybe, you know, we've seen her get beat by Secret Oath. Secret Oath could do her thing because she is capable of that thing. And you'd be like, well, I was wrong about that one. And in the other way, like they they match up again down the road, Ness gets the best of it. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a tough weekend. And like you said, you're gonna have to get a little bit lucky to get these right. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, like get into a lot of uh, the details of it, but there's just not a lot of hard facts you can go on, and so you got to take the ones that you do you can go on, and then fill in the blanks, and just got to make your guesses from then from then on. So uh, it's you know the good thing is we've got a chance to see some real superstars this weekend. If 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 Secret Oath wins, if Nest wins, and they look impressive, man. You know, how good are those two horses? Or if they, we could see a real battle between those two. It's like, these are two really great horses. Jack Christopher, if he gets a mile and an eighth effectively, he's a, I mean, he's a potential freak. He's probably the best horse in the crop, right? On the other hand, if Taba comes back and wins and wins impressively, it's like, okay, Derby was a blip on the radar, which was understandable for sure. And maybe he's the best horse in the crop. Like, it's, it's really going to be fascinating to see how it all unfolds. I will even go with the scenario when we start talking about it where they both could lose that race. There you go. Let's get into it. Cause I, now I can't wait. All right. Yeah. Let's do today's <laughs> show, which I want to know. We're going to preview and give our picks for Saturday's $1 million TVG.com, Haskell Stakes at Mama Park, and, of course, the 500K Coaching Club of American Oaks at Saratoga. Then we'll get some rapid fire selections for the remaining stakes action this weekend at Del Mar. Del Mar kicks off Friday. Uh, the meet begins Friday, and of course, Monmouth Park and Saratoga. Let's go! And they're off in the TBG.com Haskell Stakes. Monmouth Park on Saturday, race 12, the TBG.com Haskell Stakes. Grade one with a million dollars for three year olds going a mile and eight. And this is. Breeders Cup when you're in for the classic. So as we get to this point, we, we this is kind of the really big kickoff for deciding or at least getting an idea of which three-year-olds are our top three-year-olds. As we know, this summer we'll kick off with the Haskell and the, the Jim Dandy, the Curlin, and of course the Travers. And this is like step one. And we've got to and, and this one's interesting because you've got a field of eight, a field of eight, but you've got two three-year-olds in Jack Christopher and Taba who I would I would argue are relatively unknown when it comes to this three year old top three year old. We we know they're they're classy. We know they're ultra talented, but how good are they? We're gonna find out here. And again, it is a Breeders Cup win you're in for the classic. So which one of these horses points uh, towards that race? And you could argue that you've got a few Breeders Cup winners in here because what if Jack Christopher doesn't like the distance? What if Wide Barrio points to the dirt mile or whatever? You've got. Some options with a bunch of these horses who need to make a point here in this race. Taba versus Jack Christopher. What you got? Yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, you have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. I mean, you start with Jack Christopher. He certainly has checked all the boxes at this point. I mean, he looks like a superstar, but, the, you know, the distance is definitely a, a weird thing uh, for him because we watch his races. He relaxes pretty well early on. Um, he doesn't really look like he's getting tired whatsoever. Seems like he could get it. Seems like it's not going to be any issue. You look at his pedigree. Yeah, it's, it's 50, 50 at best that he gets a mile and an eighth. Listen, if he was a, just a pure speed, need the lead type, I would be really worried, but I just think he can relax. He can turn it off early when they ask him, he's going to make the move. And, I think he'll have it again. I think he'll make that move around the turn, and I think he's going to be tough. So I do think he's going to get it. Um, I am going to pick Jack Christopher to win this race. I kind of think he has less question marks uh, than Taba, to be completely honest. I do like that Taba can get the distance, and I've seen him do it, and that's great. Bottom line is we haven't seen him since May. He wasn't very good in that race supposedly Bob Baffert hadn't been around, but a couple of weeks now, you know, I don't, I don't really believe that he hasn't been in contact with the, with, with the trainer of Taba, but I don't know. I, I just, I just, 
think Taba has a little bit more to prove in this spot. And I think for me, if Jack Christopher can get the distance, he's going to win. But the problem is it's a big if, because I have no idea if he can get it or not. So I don't have a real strong opinion, but I am going to pick Jack Christopher on top. Yeah, the quote was uh, from Baffert. The Kentucky Derby was a tall order for him. I don't know what happened in the Derby. I wasn't around. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, put, I put that on Twitter and it just blew up because people are, I mean, come on. I don't know what happened. Uh, so that, yeah, that's the question because, you know, he just wasn't very good. I mean, yes, he was close to a pace. Uh, a very hot pace, but there was others that were too and, and stayed on. Um, and for what the talent was that you expected out of him that race, you would think he would have, like he just didn't, he didn't run, he didn't run one way or another. He just kind of ran in place the whole rest of that race um, and got 12th, you know, beaten, you know, almost 18 links that day. So, um, all right. Astros won. Yes. Woo! Okay. Never mind. I can move on with my life. All right. So then, uh, so that's the concern. Now you go back and race San Diego Derby. He was unbelievable, especially when you consider that was the second race uh, in his career. I, you got to think. I mean, Bob Baffert has won this race a record nine times. He's going to go for ten. Like I said earlier, he points to this race like he does the Derby. And of course, the Derby was a you know complete mess for him, considering everything that happened. So this is kind of his Derby. You know, he's pointing his best horse, his best chance. I don't believe that he's going to, you know, especially everything he's been through and what he's going to got under the, uh, you know, all the mix of, of shit that has followed him all year. Like he's coming into this race, trying to win and, uh, and make it 10 times. So he's going to run a huge race. And really I'm, I'm so intrigued by the draw and where these horses get positioned. You know, I, Jack Christopher and him both possess very fast speed. And I, I, would, I would argue Jack Christopher's faster um, on the front end. I, I just wonder how this race is going to play out. My gut says that Tabo drawing inside will be in front. But, you know, what's Mike going to do? That's just you, you. You've asked a few times about that, you know, privately in the in uh, uh, texting back and forth, and I've told you each time I have no idea. I don't think you can know unless you know the intent of the rider. I think Tave is going to be in front. I think if you look at Jack Christopher's all four of his races, it seems like he breaks well enough to be put on the lead, and they kind of hold him back. Like I think Jack Christopher is faster than Provocateur, right? but he was behind him until the top of the stretch. It looks to me like they kind of give, they like to give Tava or excuse me, Jack Christopher a little bit of a target. Now it's easy to let provocateur go out in front of you when you know you're going to catch him. It's not so easy letting Tava go out in front of you. So that's where the, the, it comes into play. of like, do you really just let Tava go? Probably not. But does Jack Christopher run better with a target? Yeah. I don't know is the answer. It's going to be one of the two. Those two are faster than everybody else. I don't know who's going to be on the lead. Here's what I know about Tavon. I have obviously I've been all over this horse since March, you know, following every single move this horse has made. And even though I he was the pick in the derby, I I think we were holding our breath a little bit just based off of of course going into office only his third race and and uh, but also the workouts were interesting interesting if everyone remembers you know you had that you know, he hasn't worked and then he's going to do this kind of blowout thing and, the, and then he did do something and it wasn't ultra impressive you know what i mean there was a lot of workout related uh concerns going into that race when you look at the way this horse has been working since the derby he's working dramatically better not just before the kentucky derby but just he's working out better than he has all year um he's working fast he's putting bullets he's going you know six furlongs two back he did six uh three back up state at six furlongs and 111 flat which is incredible um considering what he had been working he's been doing he did five furlongs last out in uh i think it was 50 almost 59 flat so he's working well my not only does my gut say that he's going to be on the lead i i, I think that 
what do we what do we know about Bob Baffert when he brings a horse in here? He typically just sends him, right? Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. I mean, obviously that's kind of his kind of horse, anyways. But you almost just think, well, we're not going to really fuck around with this, right? We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do what he does best, and we're just going to run, and you're going to try to catch him, which I think puts Jack Christopher. I, I get your point, and you're probably right. I just it puts him. He hasn't had to try try to you know to run down a horse like Tava yet. No, he's had to run down uh, horses that aren't very good. Now the good so now. So now all of a sudden he has to do that. Plus he's going longer. Does he have that kick still? There's question marks there. There definitely is. And like I said, we were talking about it last night, and you're like, "Wow, you're picking Jack Christopher." I was like, "Look, I I don't know who's going to win this race. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I I just feel like he's he's shown that he's a little bit better." He has the least amount of question marks uh, around him, but I have no idea if he's going to kick on. If he kicks on at a mile and eighth, like he did at a seven furlongs and a mile, he's going to win. I'm very yeah. confident of that. He he looked pretty brilliant. Okay. But I, I have no idea. And you're right. I don't think you can, he can let him get out away from him. But if he shows that acceleration on the turn that he's been showing his other races, he's going to be right there with him. Right. Then it's just a matter of who can out finish who. And I, I, I don't know that answer. Uh, I, 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 I have to look at what I'm seeing on the track. He just does everything so effortlessly. And even Taba, when he won, you know, the, the Santa Anita Derby, it, he, he had to really bear down and he had to go get Messier where it just seems like Jack Christopher seems like he's goofing around out there and he's just dominating these fields. And, I just couldn't get away from him, but I get it. Taba certainly has no distance question marks. None. He should love it. And I think no matter who wins, and to the point, like, you know, I think, uh, you know, nine times for Bob Baffert to to Chad Brown's one, you know, to win the Haskell. But how many times has Chad Brown had the favorite of the Haskell? Probably, as far as I know, I mean, I can remember probably – once maybe you know it's good magic so it's not like like he just does like when he points to this race it typically is with you know a good horse right and yeah. and, and jack christopher is going to be the favorite even though he's not the morning line favorite we both believe that he's going to be the post time favorite so to the i kind of been thinking about that too where it's like yeah i you know bad bob baffert has won this race a bunch but it's you know when chad brown does bring a horse here they're, they're typically pretty damn good you know and, and tough to beat well, and that's just it. And, and and you made a great point again on, on text. You were like, look, Bob Baffert's not coming here with this horse and wasting his time. Like, he thinks he's going to win. I totally agree. And why would you not think that? Like you said, he's absolutely dominated, dominated this race. He could absolutely dominate this, this race on Saturday. But Chad Brown is also skipping Saratoga with this horse. He's he's not taking the easy route where he could win, be one to nine and win two sprint races that are very prestigious at Chad Brown's home track. He's taking him here. He doesn't enter horses in places where they where he doesn't think they can, you know, excel. To me, I don't it just kind of is a signal that, hey, I think we can win this race, too. And so now you've got two great trainers. They both think they can win. (laughs) So that's what makes it awesome. Right. And and again, I'm sitting here saying I. Taba could totally win. And he if Jack doesn't get the distance, Taba might win by eight. Taba may may look him may look him right in the eye in the top of the stretch, and Jack starts to fade. And if that happens, Jack's gonna be off the board. Like the, the horse that's most likely to hit the board is probably Taba because we know he's not gonna quit on you. Right. Jack might. He could he could finish last. He really could. I don't think he's going to, but he could. It just—it's such an interesting race, and okay, so you made the case, or you at least, you know, threw it out there that what happens if one of these, or if both of these, I should say, don't run well? You know, Taba isn't what he was in the Santee Derby, and Jack Christopher doesn't like this distance at all. You know, it just really shows that he—he he does not want to go this far. Who is it? Is it is it Wada Barrio? Is it Cyberknife? Is he making his name in the in the middle of summer like some of these Brad Cox horses are? Who is it? I'm going to surprise you. I think there's a there's a better chance than you think that Cyberknife wins the race. Okay. This if Jack Christopher doesn't get the distance, okay, he's out. And again, I am totally it's a 50-50 thing. I do think the other scenario of this is Taba's not that good. 
and I know that's going to blow you and John White's mind, <laughs> there's a chance he's not that good. I, I Okay. There is. Messier could be overrated, and if he is, all of a sudden, Taba's not that great, right? All of a sudden, his resume doesn't look quite as good. I don't, I'm not calling him overrated, but if you don't acknowledge the fact that there's a chance that he is, I think you're a little bit in denial because while Messier had all kinds of excuses being pre- like pressing a crazy pace, Taba ran like shit in the Derby. He didn't really have an excuse. I, I you know, I don't know. Maybe he's not that good. That keeps coming up in my head. And if that happens, Cyberknife can win this at like eight to one. Because the thing about Cyberknife that I like is the talent is there. And Brad Cox keeps trying him in these races that are seemingly a little bit over his head. And he every time he enters, he goes, I haven't gotten close to the bottom of him. I don't know when I'm going to or if I'm ever going to. He's way more talented than what he's showing. Someday he's going to put it together. Is this, is it, I mean, whatever the Arkansas Derby was, this is the Arkansas Derby winner. Yeah, let's not forget that. So, and you're right, and, and we've seen it with a few of his this this summer, where they start to kind of these three year olds of his start to kind of emerge, you know, a little bit. And and Cyberknife, it would be a very fitting horse to win this. I agree with you that if 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 for whatever reason this thing doesn't play out, like you know, or or you hit the top of the stretch and Taba wants maybe it's that maybe Taba wants you know it's like oh he's just not as good as or he's something's wrong or whatever here you know a Jack Christopher's going right mm-hmm. here comes Cyberknife he's right there you know so you could I think you there's a better no matter who you like if it's Taba or Jack there's no no sense of playing this those two so get creative you know what if you play uh, uh if you Jack Christopher over Cyberknife or, or whatever, or, you know, or box those. And if Cyberknife wins, then boom, you, you, you cash in big, you know, try to get one of those favorites out. We've used that strategy before. And I think it's a great strategy. I would almost, you could almost, depending on the odds, I, I I'm, I'm leery of saying it because the odds may really surprise us. But if you just keyed Cyberknife in second and put one of those other ones, it kind of reminds me of like, Flight line versus Speaker's Corner. Holy shit, it's going to be great. It's like, yeah, but one of them's going to wear the other one out, and then some dumb horse is going to get second. I could see that playing out. I really could. But again, there's so many question marks. It's just so, there's so many things that are just so unknown. And you just wish that Messier had another race after the Derby where he could have come out and whether he looks good or bad, it's like, wow, Messier looked great. Remember Taba? He beat him. Wait till he comes back. But Messier is nowhere to be found. You know, if Jack Christopher went, ran a two turn mile instead of a one turn mile, you could be like, well, at least he went two turns. It's like, yeah, he didn't, though. You know, there were one turn. It was a one turn mile twice. So, right. It's just you never know. So you really just have to pick your poison here. Go with it. And understand going into the race, you're making a lot of trying to just make a lot of educated guesses without a lot of hard facts. Jared wants to know any thought on Dale's horse, uh, howling time. Of course, finished second, got nosed out by Cyberknife in that Matt Wynn last out, one by five the time before. Definitely seems like he's been a uh, better since you know really going to the lead. And my issue with that is that well, there's a lot of speed in this race, and speed that frankly is a lot faster than howling time. If he wins, I I quit. <laughs> Probably maybe maybe for a good couple hours. <laughs> no, I'm with you. There's no way. I, I, if you, there's, I'm going to be at Saratoga Saturday. There's not enough alcohol if Howling Time wins. There's not. Because here's the deal. Not only would he have to beat these two horses that we think are really good, I think Cyberknife's better than him. I think Guaida Barrio's better than him. I mean, if Howling Time wins, it's just like, I hate I hate racing for a couple hours. <laughs> uh, well, I agree. I, I just don't see it happening, Jared. Um, I think he's one of the horses. There's a few in here that that have shown speed. Um, so that good. I should that should get hurt a little bit by having speed of speed in the race. Why to Barrio? No thoughts on why to Barrio? 
Listen, I think I think he's a decent horse. Then that's kind of where it ends for me. I I think getting a Rosario, uh, it might help. It might not. I I think he's a decent horse. I think he can get third for sure. You know, I, I think he's going to show up and run a good race. I don't think he's as good as those horses. Uh, you know, I think he's more of a kind of the West Virginia Oklahoma Derby type. All right, final question. We kind of do this uh, with some of these horses, some of these kind of races. What? Who's the best horse in the race? And and most importantly, this is the Breeders' Cup Classic winning you're in. So obviously someone's going to get into the Classic by winning this race. Do you think there's a legit, not a stupid question, but do you think we have a nice to top top end to this division right now in the Classic division? Is there a legit Classic horse that could win this race? Not, not at, with the current situation that we have. I think we've got two or three older horses that are just playing better right now. Can the winner of this race be the three-year-old of the year? Yes, I think it's possible. Can they win the Classic? They're going to need some horses to drop out. Listen, though, it's July. The the, the picture right now is going to be different. Well, hopefully it's not, but it probably will be different in November, right? So maybe. Um, But at this present time, I don't think the winner is going to win the Classic, no. I'd even argue that the winner of this race of, of course i think well that to be Tabor or jack christopher in my opinion um especially jack christopher the winner of this is is the is the leader in the clubhouse and for the three-year-old division right now and i get that that might be a little premature considering some of these other three-year-olds we've been seeing but this is a big race to win and if you got Taba, he's sandy derby winner he's a haskell winner if it's jack christopher the horse hasn't lost Jack Christopher, especially. You can't argue that. Jack Christopher will be number one. Taba will still have work to do, but yeah, I think he's gonna he's on his way. Because you okay, Modonagle's out of it. All right, he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, for not for good, but for the year, pretty much. Yep. Um yep. Yeah, Rich Strike, give me a break. So there's two of your there's two of your triple crown race winners that are out. That's huge because they they carry a lot of weight. So then you got early voting in the preakness. He's got a tough race coming up in the Jim Dandy, even. That's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. If he wins the Jim Dandy, he's going to take over that number one spot. If he loses, if it's epicenter, well, he's lacking a lot of big wins, you know. Um, I don't charge it, could get jump in there, maybe. Um, Zandon could jump into the mix, but yeah, I mean, this is going to go a long way towards towards it. I, I agree. Yeah, they still have, I, I still think they, they would obviously have a lot more to do, but in terms of Saturday evening after this race is over, who you know, if it's Jack or if it's Taba, it's like, okay, that's that's now the three-year-old. How do they catch him? You know, he's gonna have to continue to do something, obviously. But yeah, this is a huge race and uh obviously a lot uh <clears throat> a lot that goes into this race in terms of down the road. How it develops is gonna be so interesting. You gotta watch this one. I'm on number two, Taba. Halterman is on number seven, Jack Christopher. They're off in the Coaching Club American Oaks. All right, let's go to Saratoga. Next uh, the next race here, same day, race five, early on the card. You know what that means, short field, but a, a really, really good one. The Coaching Club American Oaks, grade one. $500,000 on the line here, going a mile and eighth, uh, field of five. And it's not a Breeders' Cup winner in race, but we know it, these horses, at least a few of them, are Breeders' Cup calibers. Dude, we get it. We finally get it. The rematch between Nest the three horse and five, the secret oath. Of course, what's so interesting about this race is secret oath won the last time they faced each other in the Kentucky Oaks. And then both horses went on to face the boys. Their next starts nest ran a huge, huge race in the Belmont and secret oath kind of ran sneaky good in the, in the Preakness just couldn't get it done that day. Finished, uh, finished fourth, but yeah, they both faced the boys in the next starts and now they come back they clash again in the rubber match let's call it dude nest versus secret oath here we go again we got a, a kind of a two stars in a race and you got to figure out which one's better i can't wait for it it's gonna be a freaking oh, blast you're so you're so lucky you're gonna be there man it's gonna be a good one yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I, I love, you know, well, we love uh, Secret Oath to Death. Uh, huge, huge fans of that horse. And, you know, it's 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 kind of fun how we followed that horse. And it's like, 
hey, when I see her in the paddock, it's like, okay, which secret oath are we getting? The one in the Arkansas Derby where she looked tiny or the one in the uh, Kentucky Oaks where she looked like a Hulk? We'll find out. Uh, listen, this is a fun race. Uh, very, very rarely do you see multiple Phillies try uh, the Triple Crown, and we got it this year. And seemed kind of like out of the blue, we, we got it. But uh, in, in the one-two finish of the Oaks at that, and now they, they, they kind of match up back. It's going to be, it's interesting. I went back and watched every replay that these horses have ever uh, had. Secret Oath really runs kind of the same race every time since she's gotten back, gotten good, I should say. She just slingshots around the turn and she mm -hmm. absolutely dominates on the turn, puts them away, and she really kind of just flattens out in the stretch every time, even when she wins, she kind of hits idle. Where Ness, it's like decent move on the turn, really accelerate once she hits the stretch. To me, the key is this. Uh, Irad Ortiz Jr. has got to keep an eye, uh, an eye on Secret Oath. When she moves, you move. And yeah. don't let her get, don't let her bury you in that turn. Because if you don't let her bury you in the turn, you're going to catch her in the stretch. I have no doubt. But if she buries you by three or four links, you're done. And you're going to make up ground slowly like you do. And you're going to get beat by about a half a length or a length. Got to keep her within your range. If you do, you're going to wear that horse down in the stretch. I absolutely love both these horses. I don't care who wins it. I really, truly don't. But I do think Nest will win it this time. I do think Nest turns the table on Secret Oath. Yeah, I'm going to need you to get in the paddock and <laughs> report report to me and tell yeah. me what you saw. If you saw, if you're seeing Secret Oath Arkansas Derby, if you're seeing Secret Oath uh, Kentucky Oaks, if if whichever one you see is going to dictate how I'm going to bet, probably bet that race because you're right, like. You and I, you know, the story goes, you and I weren't even standing with each other. I was, uh, I think, I can't remember, I was in the paddock and you were somewhere else, but we both saw Secret Oath separately in the Kentucky Oaks before the Oaks. And we're like, oh shit, because we were, you know, we didn't have her picked on top. And we're like, oh, mm -hmm. she looks really good. And before the Kentucky, before the Arkansas Derby, we're like, ah, she does not, you know, we were there together for that. And we're like, she does not look great, you know, because all the hype going into it was, you know, the Philly, we're like, oh, she doesn't, that's kind of underwhelming. So, yeah, let me know how she looks in the paddock and then report that so I know how to bet. But, no, <laughs> honestly, I, I picked her at first, and then I just kept going back to Nest. And I was like, yeah, you know, because here's the thing about Nest. It's so interesting. If you go watch her last two, the Oaks and the Belmont, you're right. You, you, you laid it out perfectly is she in the Oaks – she was buried behind horses and then finally got that run. And by then it was too late. Secret Oath was had slingshotted past her. And then the Belmont, you can make an argument that she could have won that race if she didn't have to stop, go around. By the way, Modonagal had already zipped on by her and was on his way, right? And you're right. In both those races, she's still coming. She's still trying, but it's just like she, they got the head starts on her. So – what needs to happen? And I think being that she's inside of secret oath, Irad's going to be like, we're not, we're not messing around this time. You know, we're going to be forwardly placed. You know, you've got the two just to your inside society. Who's got speed sit fairly close to that horse, you know? And then whenever you turn for home, go, you know, yep. don't let secret oath ever get next to you. Basically, you know, you got to put her away or at least be, get the jump on her. And I think in this smaller field, you, there's no excuse not to be able to do that. If you do get caught again, you got to fire the jockey. I know he's one of the best in the world, but you got to fire him or at least punch him right in the face when he jumps off the horse to let him know you've got to quit doing this because you're right. Even in the Belmont, I'm not sure if she would have won. She may have, <laughs> but she got we certainly would. We, we certainly would have been holding our breath a little bit more. <laughs> Instead of partying down the stretch, yeah, we're we are really nervous, but it's just a situation where she's got slingshotted on twice, for lack of a better better turn, and she's not the kind that's going to be able to have a huge burst of momentum and and get those horses that can do that. So again, you just have to keep them within your grasp. If you do, you're going to win. I really believe that. Secret Oath is like a machine. Every race is the same since she's gotten good. Whoa, look at the move flatten out. She reminds me of Exaggerator a little bit. Remember Exaggerator? 
he had a massive move. But, but if it wasn't the, the slop, he couldn't really maintain it. But he could win because he could put you away and you couldn't quite get him. But you could get him because he'd kind of hit the wall after he made that move. Secret Oath kind of does that. And that's not a knock on her. That's just what I see with my eyes. She does it every time. But the move is so good that you can't really ever get her. But that's kind of it kind of explains why in the Arkansas Derby made that move and was really wide. And wow, she made a huge move, but then she hit the wall. Kind of what she does. So even in the even in the preakness, look at it. On the turn, it's like she may win. And then she kind of idles. I think Ness can get her, but you better not let her get two, three links ahead of you, or you're not going to beat her. I, we'll know on the top of the stretch who's going to win, I think. This this has the makings of one of the classic, you know, Saratoga races that we're used to seeing in the summer. Mm-hmm. There where you're just they're gonna hit the top of the stretch and you're gonna say, Here we go. Yep. This is the mat, this is what we wanted. And there's and that's the thing, both horses fire pretty much every time, like you said, you know. So yep. you kind of have you know, basically unless something goes wrong, that's the horses that will be right there down the stretch you're going to see that epic uh you know like you're not gonna that's what's so great about this race i think five horses two of them are these horses and so you're gonna get that you know you in the oaks you can make the you know excuse big field and blah blah blah, you know whatever there's no excuses here you're gonna get that duel who's better it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be a classic and don't you think she's capable of sitting ahead of Secret Oath? You know, I mean, yeah. I would think they're going to know when Secret Oath makes that move. So, Ness, it's gonna we be know, classic. like, well, both are bred to go long, but Ness yeah. is, I mean, she can go forever. You know, obviously, just yeah. ran a mile and a half Belmont. So, the distance is no concern. Get her, get her forwardly placed. You know, I'm not saying, you know, set 23 and, you know, 46 or something, but get her in that rhythm and just bottom line, do not let, secret oath get the jump on you if you do right. the race the race is over if 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 there's a if there's a scenario which is what it'd probably be if nest is ahead of secret oath and then secret oath gets the lead in front of her at some point in the race nest is in trouble i agree and that's what makes it fun and i i just think nest isn't gonna let her do it and i also think nest is a is progressing just a bit better than secret oath i think secret oath kind of peaked at, you know around i don't know that second or third race at oakland and that's again it's not a knock it's just like she runs the same thing every time she does the same thing every time great i mean who doesn't want that but i think there is a little bit more to nest and i think they've kind of targeted their races a little bit better so but listen she still could get her ass beat because secret oath's really good i'm still gonna lean next yeah, and Secret Oath is due for her, you know, romp. That's what she's done lately. You know, she she yeah. romps in Honey Bee, she loses in the Arkansas Derby, she romps in the Oaks, will win suppressively, loses in the Preakness. So she's back with the Phillies. She should be due to to win here. All right, this, this isn't a Breeders' Cup race, but uh, it, it might as well be. So I'll ask the same question I did: Which one of these uh, do you think these? You know, whether, it might be both, really. No matter who wins, um, are, are they both serious players in the distaff? Yes, I think they both are. I think a three-year-old's got a great shot to win it this year. I think the the older Phillies, Phillies and Mares are way, way overhyped. I've never been a huge Malathot fan. She had no excuses to lose her last race. Clary Air, we know what she is. She certainly could win a race like uh, uh, you know uh, the the Distaff, but she also doesn't win races all that often. I think Latruska might be done. It's there for somebody to step up and do it. I think these two are capable um yeah i i think you're looking at, at a couple of phillies that have a shot at the breeders cup of course nest of has that win uh at keeneland already uh that would be a nice return for her after winning the ashland to go and try to win uh the breeders cup distaff all right you and i are both on nest to win the ccao <laughs> time for rapid fire presented by the inside track to the 2022 haskell stakes this is this wager guide is now available for download this 14 page wagering guide to the 2022 haskell stakes this saturday at monmouth park features in-depth analysis for all six on the card all six stakes on the card including of course the one million dollar tbg.com haskell stakes plus you get bonus race by race analysis betting suggestions and multi-race plays for the entire saturday card at monmouth park but we're also going to include that matchup we just talked about, Secret Oath versus Nest in the Coaching Club American Oaks. So that's seven stakes you'll get in this guide. 
and you want to know exactly how we're betting that race, all that is included in the wagering guide. Go to racingdudes.com on the products page. Go ahead and download that Haskell wager guide. You get it for free if you are a premium subscriber of any sort. All right, let's kick things off here at Rapid Fire on Friday. Uh, the Lake George on Friday at Saratoga Race Night. Lake George stakes grade three worth 175K for Phillies three-year-olds when one mile on the turf. Field of nine lines up for this one. Halterman five to two on the Chad, one of the Chad Browns. Imminent Victor, a horse that you and I have liked for quite some time. You know, here's another race, and, th- and we'll talk about a few. There's There are lots of Breeders' Cup type horses running this weekend. So who you got in this one? Yeah, good race here. I am going to play Imminent Victor right back. I played her last time out uh, in her return to the races at Belmont Park in the Wild Applause. It was a really good race. Uh, for some reason, there was a horse in there that was a favorite that wasn't a Chad Brown horse, which made Imminent Victor 8-5. to five. I have no idea why. Uh, also was in there with Oakhurst, another really good Chad Brown horse. And they kind of just ran in a tandem, but Imminent Victor was able to get the jump on Oakhurst and win. Uh, this is a tougher challenge, without any doubt, uh, today. Uh, I think she's going to move forward off that effort. Let's not forget that was her first start in in about oh eight months, nine months. Hadn't seen her since September of last year. She mm-hmm. ran well. I think she runs better here. Um, I think she gets it done. I really like Imminent Victor on top. I yeah, that, that's my pick. Five to two, uh, morning line. Let's hope we get anywhere around that. That'd be amazing. But yeah, I think that she should be or yeah, she should be better here. Um, than she was last time out. Love that Pratt stayed aboard, has ridden this horse uh, in both her starts with Chad Brown. And yeah, I mean, you, she seems like that mile special horse that that Chad Brown has. And, you know, both races, uh, you know, were good. Last time was better in the wild applause with that win. But she definitely seems like she could improve at least, uh, you know, five to 10 more buyer points uh, here. And that, that should give you plenty enough to win. I will say that the two interesting horses for me are not the other Chad Brown, but Koala Princess, who we last saw, um, and I want to say I picked, which is not a good pick, uh, but I want to say it was my pick to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies uh, turf. But last time we saw her was in the Breeders' Cup. Had won two nice uh, races in a row, and then, of course, uh, lost in that Breeders' Cup. But, you know, ran okay, finished seventh, only beaten two and a quarter, was coming late. Uh, but that race was obviously a very highly productive race with Hottie. Uh, Pete Bianca was in that race, uh, mm-hmm. of course, at one. So, I mean, it's like that was not a terrible race. And, you know, so Qual Princess hadn't seen her since the Breeders' Cup. She's interesting. And I think Skims, another uh, 92 horse, is interesting as well, getting Rosario aboard. Um, so those are some interesting horses that, that I like that I'd be playing underneath. But I'm with you. I like number six, Eminent Victor, as well. All right, how about we go to Del Mar for the first time on Blinkers Off in 2022. Race 11, San Clemente Stakes, grade two. We're 200K for Phillies three-year-olds. Another Philly three-year-old race going one mile on the turf. Another uh, same kind of setup as the last one at Saratoga. Field of 12 in here with a scratch of uh, Miss Maddie B. And I know it's it's still early. We don't have a fill for Del Mar yet. Uh, certainly not the turf racing at Del Mar yet, but... Dude, I mean, as we know, as, as it goes at Del Mar, you've got a field of 12 three-year-old fillies running a mile on the turf. Like, can it get any difficult, more difficult here? No, I mean, they, like I said, typical Del Mar they're, race. They're, they're like all the same. It really just changed the name of the race, but they put the same horses in it. That's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know how it goes here. You'll pick a horse, it'll run great, and it'll get like second at eight to one and get beat by a 20 to one. You know, I mean, that's his Del Mar in a nutshell, these types of races at least. All right, well, let's try it <laughs> after all that talk. <laughs> uh, I'll go number six, Bella Bell. Uh, um, this horse had the United States debut last time out at Santa Anita in a stakes race and won and won very easily. Now comes back here. It's a, it's a little bit of a layoff. I mean, we haven't seen this horse since January 2nd, so obviously something happened. But I think Bella Bell is is pretty darn good, and that was a pretty darn good American debut. I think she comes over up here and wins. I think she's going to run pretty well here. Uh, but like I said, it's Del Mar. You never have a ton of confidence in races like this, but I do I do think number six, Bella Bell, is going to be tough in this spot. Yeah, man, that that's uh, great minds, right? Demonda's <laughs> got like a, a thousand horses in here, and that's the one I end up running on 
as well. Number six, Bella Bell. You know, when it, when uh, when she debuted, of course, that was back early early this year, beginning of January. Pratt was aboard, and they went right from uh, you know the first start being a, a stakes race uh, uh, at, at Santa Anita. So obviously, and the horse you know won like a stakes horse. So, you know, so to me, obviously, there there is a lot of uh, expectations uh, for her, and yeah, like whatever happened happened, but uh, you know. I, the fact that you're getting, you got that layoff doesn't, I mean, it, I think it, it definitely, it certainly opens up the door for what you said earlier, right? Where she runs really well and gets beat by a nostril or something from some, you know, shot. So, you know, played this cautiously. I think, I, I believe it's not on the, my PPs, but I think I saw on time form that she was five to one um, or four to one. There you go. I see it there on the, on the echo base. So yeah, you're, I mean, I would demand that right I, I think that's the only concern like i this is the kind of race where you need to demand a price on whoever it is you choose because you know i i, I went through and i made a case for island of love the other demato and i make it make a case for lucky girl um the 11 horse i mean you can make a case for the one lady t who's making her turf debut um there's a lot of options here and that to me in that four to eight to one range. So that's, that makes this race difficult, but it also, you'll get rewarded if you're right. So you and I are both on number six, Bella Bell. Let's go to race 11 at Monmouth park, back to Monmouth in the United nations. This is on Saturday, grade one with 600 K for three year olds and up going one and three miles on the turf, uh, field of 10. What are you laughing about? This cat always tries to jump on my keyboard, right? When we're getting ready to finish. <laughs> Oh, what's up? Uh, what is she? Who's she like in the United Nations? She is on. Uh, let's see. Who's she on? She's on. Uh, let's see. Let's, let me pick a cat name here. Um, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. She's on Tribuvon. She, better <laughs> look, she, she, she bet Tribuvon last time out, too. She so likes speed. She, she was only had been with us like five days when Tribuvon uh, last ran. Yeah, no, listen, I, I think uh, she loves to jump on the keyboard, and, and I'm not sure what would happen if I was live on the air and she did that. So uh, I'm going to go with Temple in this race. I'm going to go with a little bit of a price here at 6-1. to one. Uh, Had Gufo on there, and it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll let him beat me. You know, I, I, I just I don't want to play him at a short price. Temple kind of hits the right price there at 6-1. to one. Uh, Coming off the layoff, I think he comes back a little bit refreshed. I think there's a ton of pace. I think it's like Temple, Gufo, at Hamo, they've got their shot today where they didn't really have their shot uh, last time out when Tribuvon just kind of went, you know, gate to wire with ease. There you go. Marla, Marla loves, yeah. loves the cat. Everyone loves the cat. Everybody loves this cat. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I, uh, I, I'm with you. In the, in the case of giving another shot, I'm going to give another shot to number one, at Hadmo, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you would think by now. I don't remember the, the horse's name. Uh, number one, at Hadmo for for Chad Brown Pratt uh, back aboard here. Has ridden this horse the last two times. You know, I, I this is going to be the I think the third, maybe the fourth time. I, I can't remember if I picked uh, picked him in the uh, that fairgrounds race, but I've tried and tried, and this horse has not broken through. In fact, this horse hasn't even won a race since april of 2021 overseas so it's been a minute but when you go back and you watch that manhattan he ran well it's just his, his, his stalemate Trubon, Trub, Trubon, uh just got got just got the perfect setup and just never stopped and i think it even if you go watching the the, the interview with, with chad after he's like he even seemed a little surprised that that horse didn't win there you know i think he thought that that was kind of the horse and you know and uh, and so I'm giving him one more shot. This is the kind of race that, that he can win. Certainly should get the pace set up uh, that he needs to win here. And I'll tell you what, the horse said I almost pulled the trigger and I didn't want to hear shit from you, so I didn't. But number eight, Kentucky Ghost, was the horse that I have liked. Dude, the story goes, so people got to know, I, I had this horse. I, I can't remember if I had him picked or I was just going to use him in the Turf Classic on, yes. on Derby Day. Yeah. And when and I were going through it and the guy and stuff, and he's like, dude, don't do that. You know, stop. You know, like, because we were going through it. It's like, yeah, you're right. That's probably too much. And obviously, we didn't use them. Horse gets beat 88 links in that race. Yeah. <laughs> 88 <laughs> Like, Like, you and I were laughing during the race. We're like, he never even, like, he never even tried. He never tried. You know what I mean? No. Like, he, I don't know why he was even in the race. Well, he comes back and looks really good. 
You got a negative zero, by the way, buyer for that race. Um, <laughs> looks really good in the cliffhanger of the prep for this race at Monmouth Park. And even the trainer I've read afterwards, he's like, I don't know what happened in that turf classic. I have no idea. So you're getting the pace set up here. I just think, you know, underneath, especially, I'll be using Kentucky Ghost. He's 12 to 1 morning line. And Magic, I was waiting for it. We are almost <laughs> Utsies. We're almost done. I don't know. I hate sometimes he use words. And I'm like, dude, talk normal to me, please. I don't know what that means. He just tries to be fancy. He tries to, I think he tries to look smarter than he really is, you know? Well, that's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I had Mo. That's the, my top pick, the one horse in the United Nations. Yes, Magic, we are on the last race here. Let's go back to Saratoga. Um, you come in our show, we, we will destroy you, Magic. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's go back to Saratoga. Race 10, the Caress Stakes, grade three, with Tuner K for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up, going five and a half furlongs on the turf. Earlier on the card, hopefully, you know, we'll hopefully we get that home, Nest or Secret Oath. Uh, this is kind of the highlight of the card being later in the card. Field of 10 lines up for this one, Halterman. And this is a lot like, uh, I think, a little bit like the, the Del Mar race, where you're trying to figure out, like, who who's who here. A five and a half uh, sprint five and a half furlong sprint on the turf is never easy to, to figure out, especially at Saratoga. So, who you got? I'm going to go with the thought process of Chad Brown as, or excuse me, Chad Brown. Brad Cox has number one Caravel straightened out. You know, at one point this horse was a was a really really big superstar and won this race last year, and then went right downhill. Shows up the chat, uh, geez, in the Brad Cox barn. Wins uh, on debut for him. Wasn't great in the uh, in the, uh, the Twin Spires turf sprint. Was taking on the boys that time around. Got back to the Intercontinental last time out. Was able to win that race and looked pretty good. I'm going to go right back to Caravel, the one horse here. I think she's going to be tough in this spot. I'm the captain. What's the movie? Captain Phillips. No. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the captain now. I'm back, Magic. Right. Um Caravel is certainly the like, most likely winner. Like I thought that horse looked really good in the Intercontinental on Intercontinental last time out. Um, and honestly, I I, I kind of messed around with a dip, bunch of different ideas of horses that ran in that race. You're like, no, like, you know, like he, she clearly was the best that day, and that was going longer, cutting back. So I'm not gonna. I, I'm mostly going for a new shooter. Uh, I think here in terms of of. Uh, of trying to, you know, trying this kind of turf race for the first time. And I would number eight, super sensational. I think this horse is interesting, you know, made the turf debut last time out for, uh, for Mark Cassie uh, in the Royal North at Woodbine, just nearly won that race off of a long layoff as well. And just really ran, ran well, got to the lead and just couldn't quite hold on. Of course, going six and a half furlongs that day cutting back to the five and a half furlongs here. So one that showed me the horse really liked the turf Two, uh, I don't know because this horse in the past has ran on dirt has ran more of a, a stocking type speed. And then there's a lot of speed in this race. So I'm wondering if maybe you get a little bit more of a, uh, she gets a little bit of a target to run at this time, likes the turf, the cutback, but has that early speed to be forwardly placed. So I think she's dangerous at a price. Been been working well, um, so I'm going to go with a little bit of an upset here at 8-1. to one. Uh, Number 8, Super Sensational. <laughs> all right, it's all time we have. Check us out at RacingNews.com for our free picks and, of course, our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News uh, premium button at, at RacingNews.com to learn more. Remember to go get your hands on that inside track to the 2022 Haskell Stakes Waging Guide. It's now available. 14 pages covers the entire Haskell Stakes card, all the stakes on the card, and, of course, that CCA Oaks bonus from saratoga and again if you're betting these races don't forget to bet with us at betptc.com you get that 200 new member bonus enter promo code dudes at betptc.com and start betting with us today racing.com your destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks we're on twitter at racing underscore dudes instagram facebook uh <laughs> Quick. <laughs> Nick showed up and then we're leaving. <laughs> well, Nick probably showed up because I thought it was Magic Mike. So don't worry, they're coming around right after us. 
Yeah. He sits down. He's like, I'm ready. He's like, oh, that's it. See you guys. <laughs> uh, remember, uh, you check out all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page at racingnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places you listen to your podcast, we are available. Or you can go to YouTube, uh, just search Racing Dudes or youtube.com slash racing dudes, and you can watch all these episodes there. Uh, the Magic Mike Show, who is not so patiently waiting uh, behind us will be next for the Saturday cross country pick five preview. I don't know what all races are included in that cross country pick five, but they will be discussing all five of those races up next. So just stay where you're at, uh, unless you're listening to this uh, the podcast version of this and just go to the next episode on Magic Mike. Shouldn't be hard. You can figure it out. All right. Final thoughts, Alterman. Have fun, everybody. Have, hey, have fun. You have fun. First day back. First day back to Sarah. You're at, I mean, you technically are up in New York, but first day at the track for 2022 at Saratoga for you. 100% chance of fun. fun. 100% chance. We'll see. Um, yeah, should be a good time. I think I'm going to see some people I haven't seen in a while, like always. So, should be good. Should be good. I think Saratoga Slim, Vinny, he's going to be there. All kinds of things. Don't fall off the balcony. I'm not going to do that. I'm not even getting up on a balcony. First, first level. Um, hopefully, he's I can not, drive home a- after. Halterman's the kind of guy that he's not allowed in the second level. He's only no. first level. He's a first level kind of guy. First level kind of guy. Yep. In, in all, <laughs> all categories. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, I'm Jordan Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. See you guys next time. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 